Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. This is our weekly update on what's happening at the Capitol, so you'll be in the know. But we'd love to have you come visit us at the Capitol so you could be super in the know. So anyway, uh, we had a very, very good week this week. Um, I'm going to turn it over to my senior policy advocate, Danny Carroll. Did I get that right? No, you messed it up. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Uh, I am a perfect example of the old adage that is wrong. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Okay. Uh, because I'm now participating in my very first podcast. All right, all right. Um, prior to that, I thought a podcast was when you were planting green beans. But uh, I guess okay. Uh, to that to that point, uh, I am the senior policy advisor. Senior policy. That's what advisor. it says on my business so, so card. Danny, are you a policy advisor that you just specify that you're a senior, or is, you, is that your title? Uh, senior means you're old. Policy is a general term. Advisor means we can take it or leave it. Okay. So, gotcha. I'm an old okay. guy. They can uh, take or leave. Okay. We also have another voice that popped in. Ryan, why don't you tell the crowd that's listening your full name and title? Because I'll mess yeah, it up. Yeah. I'm Ryan Ben, uh, Director of Policy here at the Family Leader. And uh, while that may sound like I get to direct a lot of policy, it's not, it's not true. We do our best. Do our best to direct the policy. You're doing a great job. And finally, Rebecca, we've got our whole team in the studio today. Rebecca, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, Rebecca Olson, Government Relations Coordinator. Okay. I'm not sure what it means. I just It's a title. You, you coordinate all of our relations with those great governing people. You actually do that very mm-hmm. well. You get me to meetings on time, which I otherwise would probably be For late the most for. part, we make an attempt. <laughs> you try to. So uh, to the meat of the conversation, we had... Maybe the best week of my 32 years at the Capitol this week. Chuck, you've been been saying that on and off for the last uh, couple of years. But it's getting better, Danny Carroll. You know, it can get better. You know, we aren't at a utopia, but we're certainly at a nice oasis. It was 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 a a very remarkable week. Very remarkable Uh, week. To have this major piece of legislation pass this early with such limited – Debate actually and amendment. I don't know if you thought about that when these bills were running in the yeah. in the House and Senate. Usually, we're wading through thirty or forty amendments, particularly in the House. So, for our new listeners, uh, what did pass? What's this big bill we're talking about? Um, in simple <clears throat> terms, parents can now exercise a choice, somewhat limited. We can talk about that as we get into the bill. But they now can exercise a choice on how and where they educate their children uh, within certain limitations. Okay, and uh, this is K through twelve. And and the big deal is seventy six hundred bucks. Okay, and this is K through twelve. K twelve. If they if the family meets the income guidelines that we can also talk about. Okay, um, they can receive seven thousand six hundred dollars per eligible student. Okay. Per year to go to a non or a, to an accredited private school. So, Ryan, what's such a big deal about that? Well, it's going to free up a lot of families. Um, Danny mentioned that there's income restrictions here the first year, but you know after three years, every every single parent is going to have a choice to to take that uh, approximately seventy six hundred bucks, and um, if they want to take their child out of private out of public school, and they can send them to a private school of their choice. Um, yeah, but but didn't. Senator Selsey and others say that they already have 
that choice? Yeah, well, Senator Selsey, maybe her parents did, but <laughs> there, there is a lot of parents who, who don't have the choice. Everybody's had the it. choice. Not everybody's had the money. Okay, yeah. so so this is a paradigm shift. A, a real choice. Maybe we should call it real real school choice. <laughs> yeah, not not fake. Not so. Um, it seems to me like y'all that there's been a monopoly, largely not a not a pure hundred percent monopoly, but about a ninety five percent monopoly on where children go to school in Iowa until Tuesday, and that monopoly has now been broken. And how often in history does the largest monopoly in any state get broken? I'm guessing it's on average maybe every 100 years you break the number one monopoly in a state. And to me, that is huge. We now have much more education freedom than we've had. And so are we Christians? We're we're a Christian ministry here. Are Christians and others going to take full advantage of that? Or will this window of opportunity close? Any thoughts on that? Anybody want to prognosticate? What, what do you mean, will the window of opportunity close? Well, in, well, how, in what way would it close? Well, the parents don't take advantage of it. Oh, and it yeah. just kind of fizzles out. And it's not that big a deal. I mean, we're touting it as a big deal. Will it be? And, and if so, why? And if not, why not? Well, I can answer that by giving you a, and I haven't had a chance to tell you this at the Capitol, but I had a conversation yesterday with a state legislator in the House, a veteran, uh, asking about what it would take to get a Christian school opened up in his community, and made a couple of suggestions and, and and passed that along. So almost the day after the bill was signed, a legislator is thinking about what I would need to do to get a Christian school in my town mm-hmm. where there is not one. And you remember that was, that was part of the debate. Uh, you know, they were, the, the opposition was saying there are, there are so many counties where there is no Christian school, but they didn't say yet this, I don't think this window will close. In fact, I think it will continue to open even, even wider. And why Rebecca, why don't you chime in? You've heard Sandy Salmon talk about some of the things that Moms for Liberty and others have discovered in the school libraries. Why do you think more and more parents will look at options? Well, yeah, so they they want to be able to hold their schools accountable, and right now they're not willing to change. And so if they're not going to, they're going to take their kids elsewhere. But what is it in the public schools that are causing this crisis of schooling? You know, why, why, why are parents upset? Why did Governor Reynolds get upset mm-hmm. and think that we needed some options other than certain public schools producing certain materials? I'm baiting you. What <laughs> did they find in the libraries? Yeah, yeah, they found books in the libraries, um, the different woke curriculums that were being taught um, by in just young grades, um, in, in fact, or even different schools hiding from parents that their kids are trying to transition while at school, requiring teachers to call a student by preferred pronouns in class, but by their biological pronouns with the parents. Danny, what did they find in, in the a, In schools? a word, they found pornography. Okay, they found pornography. They found uh, parents being uh, cut out of their kids' lives, their sexual mm-hmm. lives, the schools talking to them about transitioning. I, Danny and I are too old for this discussion. You two youngsters, tell us what this transitioning stuff yeah. is. Well, I'm 29. I feel too old for it as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, Good point. But, uh, yeah, so pretty much there's young kids that 
you know, kid, kids are gullible. Kids, kids don't know. They need to be taught, you know, what's right, what's wrong. Um, you know, you got a kinderg- kindergarten child. Um, maybe you have a teacher telling them that, you know, you can be a boy or a girl. You can't know for sure. And they take that to heart, you know, as they grow up and they see maybe other people around them doing the same thing or, uh, I don't know. There, there plenty of possibilities, but they let's say a boy decides they want to be a girl, and there's been uh, school administrators and teachers um, cases where they're supporting that uh, rather than correcting them as they should. So you think parents might object to that once they find out about that and look for an alternative? I do. You're you're really good at asking <laughs> leading questions, Josh. <laughs> I, I would object. We, there's a couple of bills right now that I'm excited about that. Uh, isn't it true, counselor? The, yeah. Uh, cross-examination. You, you know, know, Chuck, this probably started what, two or three years ago. You remember the hearing that uh, Representative Kaufman had on critical race theory, mm-hmm. particularly in the Ames School District, and mm-hmm. he filled up the, uh, the law library, and they, they brought the, um, the uh, administrators in. And um, that was probably a, a major turning point it was. For, for a lot of people. Yep. And what made it, what made it so— was basically when some school officials showed up at the state capitol and essentially said, yes, that's what we're doing, and you can't do anything about it, and we're not going to change. Yep. I'm, I'm summarizing an yep. hour's worth, but it, it just made a lot of legislators angry. And in this summer, they learned learn about Linmar School District that says that at school – their kid can be known by one name and one gender, and they don't have to tell the parents. Yep. Or maybe I don't. Know, maybe it was even stronger than that. But this just just kept kept piling on. Then you, the the uh, inappropriate literature in the uh, in the library, and, um, and and sometimes it's just even outright hostility in the public school yeah. politically. If you were if you were a high school student and you showed up with a Trump shirt on. You, you better be ready to yeah. suffer some wrath. I know of, of one situation personally where that was the case. Yeah. Not any one thing, but it led up to this point. But, and then Governor Reynolds uh, determined that she was going to implement school choice. Tried hard the last two years, but she got it done on January 24th, which I think will be a, a significant day in the history of the state of Iowa going Amen. forward. And just to be fully informative or or even more precise on the moment in time when this bill really was teed up to pass, Helena Hayes was interviewed by the largest TV station in Iowa the night that the House of Representatives passed the school choice bill. And Helena Hayes said, I think accurately, this bill essentially passed on June 7th of last year. Exactly. That was the day of the primary. Governor Reynolds got involved in nine primaries on the issue of school choice, and her preferred candidate won eight of those nine. We got involved in six, and our preferred candidate on the issue of school choice won in all six. And so that was a very significant turning point. From then on, it was a matter of trying to get across the full finish line November 8th, the general election, and then get across the full, full finish line with the governor signing the bill Tuesday. Big celebration. Go to our website. See the you know, see some more on that. We need to kind of round third base here and head for home. Another great thing that happened this week was uh, the end, the weekly prayer meeting that's happened now for 32 years at the Capitol 
was literally standing room only on Tuesday noon. Um, several legislators showed up, and um, the Spirit of the Lord was there. And I just have to say, guys and lady, uh, I've never seen the spiritual temperature at the Capitol better than it is right now. The freshman class, whole bunch of Christians in there. Several of them were in the prayer meeting. Um, and then this morning, the Bible study was held. And a couple of you were there. What was your impression of the yeah, Bible study? could talk about that, and uh, she's personally acquainted with the leader of that uh, Bible yeah. study, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, we have Bible study every Thursday morning, 7.30. Um, we get to meet at the Capitol with legislators and lobbyists and staff alike. And it is, I mean, I've been going since I was 17, so about five years now. And that was one of the reasons I started doing politics. I didn't think it was possible um, but I had called Mr. Carroll the night before and said, hey, can I come to the Capitol with you? And he said, yes, we're leaving at 630. And I thought I was going to cry because I didn't want to go <laughs> that early in the morning. But um, it was entirely worth it. But this morning was just amazing to see how packed that room was. I'd never seen it that that full in my time. But getting to hear the legislators share back and forth um, the things that the Lord's been teaching them and how they interpret Scripture was fascinating and just a lot of fun and you, cool to Chuck, see. Chuck, you would be interested to know that Miss Olson had no problem this morning. A nice warm car showed up in her driveway <laughs> with hot coffee and a donut. Oh my! Waiting, That's never happened before. Waiting, in five years. waiting That's for her stuff. in the warm car with a driver who delivered her at the very doorstep, yes. not the west steps. In the, the the door, a short walk into the Capitol where she didn't have to uh, muss up her makeup or her hair. Danny, you're going <laughs> to yeah, so spoil this girl. Yes, she has spoiled me. Yeah, she, it was uh, quite nice. She no longer complains about 630. No, no. So praise the Lord. Great week. Great prayer meeting. Great Bible study. I do want to throw this out to the listeners. This Bible study and this prayer meeting are welcome to all comers. So come up sometime, 730 to 8, room 22. Call me, get a hold of us if you can't remember that. On Thursday. Thursday mornings, 7.30 to 8, you will be so, so blessed. And then every Tuesday, noon to 1, there's a group that gathers to pray. You don't have to stay for the whole hour. Some people can't pray for an hour. I couldn't pray for an hour most most years. <laughs> but I'm, I'm starting to get in that. Little, it's kind of like running a marathon. You know, you go out and run around the block once and you're tired but if you keep doing it, you can you can pray a little longer. So come and pray with us. Uh, join the fun. Join what the Holy Spirit is doing at the Capitol. And I just want to tease next week. We've got some really fun, important, godly pieces of legislation that have been introduced. They've been teed up. Some of them have even been to subcommittee, and we'll fill you in on that. School choice, probably the story of the legislative session, but there's a whole bunch of other good things that could happen, should happen, will be there, you should be there. Tune in again next week to TFL's Capital Connection, and we'll fill you in. Thanks, and God bless. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.